Sylvan. That's Sylvan. <laughs> Sylvan works inside, and I come in and see him on the way out, and we really haven't got to know each other super well, eh? It's quite sad, isn't it? It is quite sad. Yeah. We yeah. had a coffee the other day, and we got to know each other better while planning for the service than we have for the last year or two. It was, it was a powerful moment. <laughs> yeah, it's a good cafe too if you want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can recommend Bohemian Bakery in the city. Beautiful bakery. If you want. Yeah. Top five croissants in Christchurch, I think. <laughs> yeah, if you want. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's Sylvan. Hi. And he's going to tell you more about himself. Oh, am I? Oh, right. I feel a bit like um, I feel a bit like you up here. I'm kind of like I think I'm here to speak about something I know little about, but I'll do my best. And. Uh, well, that's the recommendation I was given, was just to go, look, I don't actually know what I'm doing. Um, and I think that probably, if we're honest with ourselves, probably makes most of us um, at one time or another. But, um, I'll, um, yeah, so I've got maybe five, uh, 15, 20 minutes of stuff to share. And then I thought we could just take some questions. And if you have any, want to know anything about what we do, that might be the way to do it. Um, but I'm told it's fairly informal. So I'll keep it that way too. I've got a what I've written out was fairly formal, so I try not to stick to it too much. But um, um, yeah. So first of all, thank you very much for giving me an opportunity um, to come share with you guys here today. Uh, I know some of you guys might know Kerry Ewing used to come do these talks, and my um, colleague Anaru as well. He's been around a little bit too, and um, it's cool actually looking around seeing some familiar faces. Even Alistair. Um, we um, so I just so tangent, about three or four years ago I was involved in a project over at the uni chaplain used to run, Spanky Moore used to run this little initiative around uh, vocation and I remember Alistair, I think you actually asked me at the time or in one of those talks you gave you spoke about the idea of what is it that, you know, what's your kind of your mission statement and what's the thing that you want to achieve in your work and that was kind of the work of that year and for me what came out of that was the idea of in, in all you do uh, make people's lives better and I think if you just a bit about myself, if I think about my, the shape of my life, I think in, the, in everything I've tried to do, uh, that's, that's been part of the flavour. So a bit of acknowledgement to you, Alistair, as well, for helping me kind of discover that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so my name's Sylvan. Um, so I'm a, a social worker with Pathway Trust. Um, so I've been with Pathways. Is it coming up three years? Must be, a eh? Something like that. Um, and then prior to that, I, was, I actually worked for Corrections. So I've actually got poached by Pathway. Um, so my background is I've been in the prison for eight years. And my mother has a great time uh, telling her friends, oh, what is she, what's, she, what's Sylvan up to? Oh, he's still in prison. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Like, yeah, thanks, Mum. Yeah, that's great. Um, but she thinks she's hilarious, so, you know, you can't, can't take that away. Um, so I've been, I've been mostly inside the wire at Crush, which means, actually, for that time. Uh, and it's fair to say I was pretty bushy. What is it, bushy-tailed and... What is it? Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? Is that the one? What does that mean? Does that mean you're, like, excited or, like, you're just a bit... Naive. I was both. I was both. Starting anyway, I was fairly naive. Uh, I remember, so my first job was doing uh, rehab programs. So uh, we would run these um, uh, interventions, essentially, for guys. So uh, what happens in our system is that if you get sentenced to a crime and you have a certain amount of time on your sentence, you have a, a case manager or a sentence planner that kind of maps out the time with you that you're going to be in prison and what that looks like. So are you going to do programs? Are you going to work? Are you going to... Uh, do certain bits and pieces to get you ready for release, essentially. So that's an essential part of being in prison, is, is having put stuff put in front of you, you'd hope. 
Uh, and anyway, so one of the things I would do is run these rehabilitation programs, they're powerful programs, and I went in going, all right, everyone that comes through my programs won't come back to jail. Hands up, who thinks I achieved that? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. No, no, was, again, very naive. Um, but at the same time, you saw some incredibly powerful transformations. Um, we talked about uh, one of the songs we sang today, talked about transformation, and um, that absolutely did see some of that. Um, it's a big difference between change and transformation. Um, and um, I think within, within our faith too, we can see that, um, that there's change, but transformation comes from inside. And, and similar to what Jane was saying, the biggest privilege I find in, in this work uh, that I do now um, is to be part of someone's journey of transformation. Um, powerful video, eh? How they talked about, would you want to be known for the worst thing you've ever done? And um, I won't ask you to think about the worst thing you've ever done in your life, but I'm going to hazard a guess that none of you want to be remembered for that. Um, here's the powerful thing, right, is these guys that um, we work with a lot of the time, um, for context there, guys, that a lot of the time we don't get the pick of the bunch in terms of the easy guys to work with, so to say. It's guys that have been in 20, 25 plus years, guys that have been recalled to prison a few times. So our cohort really is the guys that, uh, that, are, that are really kind of up against it. So you talk about being up against the system, you're talking about some of these guys that we have in our unit. Um, and what I really notice with those guys is that um, they're kind of faced with those challenges every day. This guy talked about, and they asked him, you know, what would we like to be judged for the worst thing you've ever done? He's like, oh yeah, that's every day. And what we notice is, and I can give you a few stories of this, like we, we've got a guy that we're working with who has recently got out, um, and in every interaction, so he's been in since mid, the mid 2000, so since 2005-ish, he's been inside. Every time you go for a parole board hearing, you get a report written. So you get a psychological report written for you, especially if your offence is, is on a higher level, they request these psychological reports. And that's important for the parole board to know exactly where you're at and, 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 and where your change is at. Corrections job, the justice system's job, is to protect the community. Their way of doing that is to identify risk to the community and to mitigate that risk. So that's how they, that's their mindset, that's how they roll. Now you can imagine, if I sat down with you and went, all right, you, you, you did this thing when you were 15, you stole some candy from a dairy, okay? Uh, tell, me how, tell me how things are different for you now. And you might say, oh, you know, well, I was a child <laughs> and I was learning to be a human and I was making these mistakes and that's fine. But, you know, it's been 10 years now and I haven't stolen candy in 10 years. Yeah, all right. Well, that's, that's good. Good on you. I just think, you know, we have to be really aware of those risks and we've got to, okay, so let's think about what led up to you stealing that candy. We're like, oh, well, I don't know. I was hungry and I, my mate dared me to do it and there was candy and a thing and I took it. Okay. Well, we're going to have to be really careful about who you hang out with, about, you know, those opportunistic moments and we're going to have to be sure that... Uh, we, we manage you in, 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 in those situations. And you'd be thinking, I was 15. Like, yeah, okay, fair, I did that and I acknowledge that and I own that. Oh, I'm 30 now, like, come on. The current justice system does not have a, have a mechanism for, for taking the person that you are today and taking you for who you are today without ta tarring you with that brush of who you were then. We see that with guys that have been out 
five months. We see that with guys that have been up five years. We see that consistently, and so when you talk about some of the challenges we see in reintegration, those are some of the things that that that, that we see. And it is, and like that guy was saying, that's the reality for some of these guys. When I think about the, the, the motivations for the work that, that I've been, been privileged to do, and I'll talk a bit more about Pathway in general um, as well, it's that we get asked to walk along, and I believe the wording is the least, the last, and the lost. You, if you want to design the system, that um, if I say to you, look, I need, I, need, I need something from you. you I need a system that's going to disempower people, because, you know, They've done something bad, so they need the power taken away. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, I also need it to uh, punish, please. I need you to create something that can... Oh, sorry, that's not ideal, is it? Oh, wow, oh, this is really powerful. Um, and you should, uh, it can disempower, punish, and disconnect you from the community because clearly you've done something, so we need to remove you from that environment. Um, not to get political, I believe in 05, Bill English said prisons are a moral and fiscal failure. That's still true today because that's exactly what they do. They disconnect people, they disempower people, and they punish people. Now, they're a necessary evil in some ways because what do you do if someone creates harm in the community? What do you do? It's a, it's a question we've been trying to answer for centuries. Right now, the best we've got is prison. And, and I talked to... Does anyone know Murray... Kennedy, the pathway boss, and he's been around a while. Yeah, a few nods, cool. So I spoke with him around, what is the thing that motivated pathway? What is the thing that motivated pathway to, to do what it does? Um, and I'll read it to you. So he said to me, um, pathway came out of um, a passage in Isaiah. So I'll, I'll read it to you. Um, so it's Isaiah 58, 9 to 12. And it goes, then you, will, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help. And he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and, you will, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings. He also said to me they're going to call it the ISI uh, 58 Trust when they first started, and they're very happy they didn't go with that name. Um, and I'd have to say, yeah. Pathway is a much better ring to it than ISI 58. Um, but anyway, so if you think about Pathway and, and the foundation of Pathway, um, he let me know that that was the passage at the time that they found, founded the, the mission of Pathway on. So for sure, um, the kaupapa of Pathway, what we try and do is, is create fresh starts. We understand that, as has been well acknowledged, the system is well and truly um, uh, causing a disservice um, to to lot, lots of folks, and and right now, what happens without any support? If someone has done their time, you, you might have been in for ten years. You get a bag with your clothes and everything you came in with. So that might be a couple of sets of clothes, pair of shoes. If you're lucky, an outdated phone with a flat battery. You'll get a check for three hundred dollars and whatever cash you had when you come in, and you'll be told, "Here's a cardboard box. Good luck," and you'll get shipped out the front door, and then you're in the prison car park. There used to be a bus that ran out to the prison, 
but um, that that bus line is hasn't been going for quite some time now. I couldn't tell you how long. But so then you stood in the car park with a cardboard box with your clothes and with a check. Now, even if the bus was running, have you has anyone tried to pay for a bus ticket with a check these days? It's not a. Um, I imagine it's not a going thing anyway. Uh, so that that's not a good one. So you're a bit stuck. Anyone know where the prison is? About how, how far about would you reckon? Five. Five k's ish, something like that, eh? From here, so you, you, you're a fair way out. It's busy-ish road, but if I've got some tattoos and I've got a raggedy-looking, picture me, you know, rocking along with the boss. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to hitch a ride anytime soon. Um, so yeah, and then you've got this check. And anyone want to take a guess when the last time is they uh, increased? the uh, $300 check to keep it with inflation? Take a guess? Something like that, but 20 years ago. It's the last time they ad ad adjusted that amount for inflation. So 300 bucks doesn't get you a heck of a lot now. Um, you try getting a... They also have stand-downs, aren't they? Like relationship benefits. Uh, benefit stand-downs are a thing, yep, absolutely. So. Uh, Yep, yep, so um, ideally, best case scenario, if you're within the system, without any external support, is uh, they'll organise a wins appointment for you. Best case scenario, so <laughs> you're talking one in a few, yeah. So, and as you can already see, hopefully the picture is, isn't, isn't ideal for these guys. So Pathway essentially is trying to do what we can to make a difference for guys before they get out. There's a few ways we're doing that at the moment. So um, we've been given the privilege of actually running one of the units inside the prison, so like Jane, Jane mentioned. So it's by the time the guys get to us, so we've got 20 guys. There's about 900 at men's at the moment. Um, so we get, we get 20 of those 900. So it's a small pool, but for the size of our organization, it's about, I'm going to argue about the right size. Kirsten might disagree, wants to expand, but for now I think 20 is good um, for the work that we're trying to do. Cause, uh, these guys are falling through the cracks a lot of the time, so what we're trying to do is put stuff in front of them that's actually going to be helpful. Uh, and these beds, the guys that get to us, they're the lower security guys, so they're guys that have done their programs, they've done everything they need to do, as, as I mentioned earlier about the sentence plan, and they get to us and they get a chance to um, do some reintegration. Now, it's just a, a bit of a pop quiz. When you hear the word reintegration, what comes to mind? I don't know if you need the mic to hang around or just want to sing out. What comes to mind when you hear the word reintegration? A job? Support? Support. A, home. a home? I like that, not a house, but a home, yep. Connections with people, yep. Bank account? Transport? Transport. Cooking? I thought you said cocaine. I said, no, that is, that is not what we hope for with reintegration. But um, cooking, vital. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Hopefully, trust that from the other, so away from the other one. But yes, yep, yep. What else? Family. That's a really awesome list. And um, if you have all those things, you've got a decent shot. Now, for most guys, we're looking at maybe two or three of those things when they, before they get to us. So our job is to beef up what they do have. Um, and the other question that comes with that is, a lot of the time, these guys that we're getting 
that are working with us. The idea of reintegration is actually a bit of a misnomer in some ways. Because you think about these guys, how many of them have actually had a chance to be integrated in the first place? So already we're looking at a, at a cohort that's, that's, that's got high levels of, of complexity that come with it. Um, but again, if we, if we look to, to some of those scriptures that Jesus talks about, he doesn't go to the... He doesn't go to the, the rich people as much as he goes to the, those in need, the poor. But most importantly, he gets among the mess. He gets among the muck of life. And in a lot of ways, that's what we're doing out there too, is, is um, both in here and out there, you're getting among the muck of things. So when guys get out and they get our support and, and they get to the side of the wire, so Pathway, we, we only use to do community work, but it's the last five years we've also been able to prep guys in the unit. Um, so I get to be, um, I think, you might have even called me this, uh, camp mum. I get to be camp mum at the prison. That's kind of saying, no, you can't have this. Yes, okay, all right, let's get organised. Um, so we organise programmes for the guys in there. We organise uh, things like um, reports for their parole boards, so getting the guys ready for parole board hearings. We do, we organise budgeting courses, creative writing. We do things like cooking. We do like a, a life skills group. Uh, we do uh, Narcotics Anonymous in the unit, Alcoholics Anonymous, and all of the stuff we do in the unit has a parallel for the community. So the idea is it's the community, it's us, everyone out here taking ownership of a community problem and going to the prison to help and do what we can to bridge the gap. Because you talk about the step from the prison to the community, it's pretty big. Think about that guy with his box and his check, right? So our job really is to reduce the size of that step. So when the guys do step in, inevitably step out, um, that step is more manageable than what it might have been otherwise. I mean, some guys, it's tricky because um, we get, get, get these guys that have been in the system for so long that trust is hard to come by. Your biggest, your biggest tool in that work is your word. So you say you're going to do something, you stick to it. Now, we tell these guys, all right, well, if you've got our support, if you want, we can pick you up on your day of release. And we'll take you to Wins, we'll take you to your probation, we'll take you to our office, we'll link you up, you can have some foot. We've got a 40-footer, 20-foot container full of donated clothes because people um, have been incredibly generous. Um, and that's just a fraction of what we actually have the privilege of receiving from the community to, again, deal with a community problem. But... Even when they, they walk out that front gate with their box and they see us waiting there, that, it takes to that point for some of the guys for the penny to drop. Oh, these guys are for real. I've known this guy for six months. They've come in. They've said what they, they did what they said they would do. But we've honestly seen guys where that's been the penny drop has been, wow, you've, talk, you've, worked, you've walked alongside me for this time. You've done this and this and this. And this, that's the kind of level of, of distrust some of these guys carry through their lives is because they've never been able to trust. They've never been able to fully lean on someone, trust in someone. Um, and so the privilege that I get on a daily basis is to go, hey, bro, what do you need? All right, let's make it happen. I can't promise anything, but let's see what we can do. Um, and there's nothing quite like being able to come through for someone where they go, wow, I didn't realise we were able to do that. Um, give you a couple of stories you talk about fresh starts, talk about that guy. Um, 
people looking at him as a as if he's a criminal. Um, you add a face tattoo to that, <laughs> jumps a whole bunch more levels. And so currently we've actually got a guy who, through his journey, decided uh, when he was younger it might be wise to tattoo his face. Um, little side tangent, do you know how prison, it's funny, right? So tattooing's illegal in prison. You're supposed to get charged, oh, you, on internal charges they call them, where you get your privilege taken off you for tattooing. How do you hide a face tattoo? No, I didn't. One day you had it, the next day you rock up with the guy in Lockshare and you've got a tattoo on your face. No, I didn't. That's not new. I've always wondered that. I actually haven't got an answer for that one yet. I don't know how the guys actually hide that stuff. They say they don't, so you probably can't. But So he's decided that after that time he spent in that part of the jail, he goes, actually, I'm ready to make a proper fresh start and get that removed. Now, going through corrections to do that, there's a service provider comes into the prison for tattoo removal, so that's really cool. However, that particular service provider, their machine essentially only has a certain level of power it goes to, so he could only get a certain amount of his tattoos removed, so he was able to do a fraction of his face, but not the rest. And he's sitting there going, okay, well, that's fine, because the plan I have is to go to this reintegration provider that's not us, but another community provider that will support me. Gets interviewed by them and they said, look, we actually don't think we can support you because we just think the stigma that you might face in the community might bring draw too much attention to the group. We're trying to be, you know, we're trying to reintegrate and we're trying to um, help these guys reintegrate and we understand we need to do the same for you. We just think that the, the level, the amount of stuff you have on your face will draw negative attention to us and it might actually, we need you to progress in your tattoo removal before we can consider you. So that's fine except you can't get it, right? So you're looking at a guy that potentially could be stuck. So we were able to, I actually ended up just calling, I ended up cold calling a bunch of different tattoo removal places and then one of them kind of said, yeah, no, come in, have a meeting. Long story short, we were able to tee it up with corrections staff and they set up a contract for us with this provider in town where the guy gets to go out every six weeks with an escort, he gets to go there, get his tattoo removed with this person and because they don't come into the prison, they've got a much better setup, like the proper medical grade type machines in that. And so now he's able to progress in his tattoo removal, which before he wouldn't have been. The only reason we could do that is because um, we think about the corrections as like a, as a big, as a, as a big um, ocean liner. For corrections to change direction takes a long time. It's 0.5 degrees of change per move they want to make. It's just the nature of the machine, right, I think. It might be one of the biggest employers in New Zealand. Someone's going to correct me on this, but I'm pretty sure Corrections would be up there as one of the largest employers. Uh, you think about the prisons, you think about probation, all that. So where we come in as a community organisation is we can come in and say, look, we're going to just try this. And it's, we've got to check it out. With, we're not going to go rogue and go, no, we're a cowboy out, but doing whatever we want. But as a result of being able to be nimble, we just go, no, I'm just going to literally take a couple of hours to drive around different places and just ask, hey, here's the scenario, we're a charity, we're trying to help these guys make a fresh start. Can you help? Took a little bit of time, but now this guy's getting his tattoos removed. So those are the kinds of stories that we have a privilege of being involved with. Um, and I'm sure I've gone entirely off script of what I was going to say, and I have lots of notes there still kicking back, waiting to be used. But I wonder if... Um, at this point there was anything I could answer that you might want to know or um, 
that I could speak more into before I've got a little bit to wrap up with. Yeah, of course, yes. Kirsten, hola. My job is to get the guys as ready as they can be before they leave. Once they do, they get picked up by a community team that have already connected with them before they got out. Um, so the idea is consistency of relationship, we find is one of our absolute biggest um, biggest contributors to success. And so, for example, Jane, you coming in on a consistent basis with your crew, that's a massive stabilising factor for these guys, knowing that there's kind of a Tuesday night thing. Tuesdays. Kilda. Great question, yeah, so it's, um, historically you could just write us a letter and we'd come see you. It was as easy as that, so um, we still like to keep that the pathway open for the guys. Now that we've only got those 20 beds that we're working with, we're a little bit more limited in what we can do. Um, what it does mean is the guys that do get to us are guys that have really done the work. So you don't get a self-care unit placement unless you've proven yourself in the system. So. Yeah, it might mean that if someone else is really keen to come down but they're not quite there yet, we can support them to do what they need to do to get to us. Um, it might take a little bit longer for those guys, um, but the guys we do get tend to be guys that have really done the work to get to us, and, and it's a real privilege. Um, by no means is it smooth sailing. Um, uh, you still have a lot of contraband stuff because all of our guys work as well, so the, the prison runs a piggery uh, timber processing yard on a farm, so all the guys are employed on one of those industries, and they're outside the wire, as you can imagine, then, uh, the desire for drug introduction into prisons is, is a thing, and so those guys often get a bit of pressure put on them to bring stuff in, so we do face that still. Um, but we have a pretty good way of working around that now. We, we just try to hold a really high standard. Hey. That's a great question. We are hoping to. Um, for now, we're just at men's, but um, women's prison is definitely something that we'd, we'd looked into as well. We do have a couple of social workers that work with a reintegration provider in um, Mochikarara, there's like a women's rehab. Um, and so we do do a bit of community work with, with Wahine, but not so much in the prison at the moment, but definitely hoping to head there in the future. Hello, yes, hi Rory. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a dance. It's a give and take. Um, so the difference between Pathway and other, other service providers is we don't have a contract with corrections. It's because of the generosity of people like yourselves, Island Baptist specifically, and other churches, as well as the business side of Pathway, Alloy Fold, where we sell commercial seating. Um, it's that which funds the work that we do. Um, so what that means is it's a bit uneasy for corrections at times because they're used to having contracts, which means they pay for us to be there and they kind of set the terms of reference, if that makes sense. 
we don't have that. We have a memorandum of understanding where we say, hey, we agree to work with you on these terms. We, we agreed to provide our services that we have proven over the years have been very successful. They've said, yeah, that'd be cool because we clearly see it's working. So here's what we're going to give you is this unit and here's the parameters and corrections say they want this, we say we want this and we meet halfway and we're currently in the process of, of, um, of expanding or extending that. Um, so their relationship is at times uneasy. So if you think about corrections and pathway, we both have the same client. The client is the community. It is our job to do what we can to create healthy community members um, as well as it is to yeah, prepare these guys to live in a society that they may not have left because they might have left a way different society back when they did. So it's funny, right? We have the same client, corrections and us. Their focus is risk management because that's their job. That's the responsibility placed on them by the country is you have to manage these guys. And key is management. We're not managing these guys. We are offering to walk alongside them towards their preferred crime-free futures. That's, that's my job. If you want that future, brother, that's us. Let's go. And corrections, as you can imagine, working in that system, you have to have very clear boundaries. One of the reasons I left the programs, for example, is you do these three and a half months with these guys. You get in depth. You start to unpack some people's core beliefs. You start to really unpack some of their trauma at times. And then after three and a half months, the program finishes and you say, hi, da da, in your car, catch you later. And you get told, look, you're not working with that guy anymore. I had a guy approach me a couple of years after we finished the program saying, hey, bro, good to see you. I want to update my safety plan because I think it's out of date. And I had to ask a manager if I was allowed to work with him. I was allowed to, but it was that for me was kind of just a, as well as corrections does what it does at kind of keeping people in there portfolios, and that's how they manage not to burn people out as much as some other places is because they you stick to your work and you go home, right? I'd love to say we're good at doing that at Pathway, but I think we we give too much of a hoot about the guys who work with to really leave work at, at work. Um, the reason we do what we do is because we can see the hope for transformation, um, and so that's sometimes uncomfortable for corrections to see the way we work is a bit different. Um, we do it in a way that works, we know it works, but for example, what you will see if you come to our unit is you will see us working with the guys um, and you might hear us say, hey, love you, bro. Now that spins corrections out, as you can imagine. Um, but for us, it's, it's the love that we were given that we're passing on to guys that are really trying to make a next go or that they might don't make a fresh start of it. And um, it's a real privilege to be in that space. I hope that answers your question, sort of. Definitely open to questions after, too. The more, the gnarly ones. The last thing I just really wanted to finish up with was what I said before, which is just a massive thank you to your community, um, Island Baptist, for, for the contributions you do make to Pathway. We cannot do, we could not do what we do uh, without your support. So I just am incredibly grateful um, on behalf of Pathway. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for the opportunity to come and share. And I was a bit all over the show. Um, I always find this when you try to talk. I have like a million points I want to make, and I never know where to start. So I thought I'd just start talking, and then hopefully some some good has come out of it. So any questions I've not covered or you want to ask about, please just ask. Um, I'll finish up on this. Um, has anyone ever gotten on, uh, anyone had experience with the YouTube rabbit holes? You know, like you start to watch a video and then it shows you, oh, you might enjoy this one. 
three hours later, you're still sitting on your computer. Now, I've recently gotten into quite a strange one, and it's uh, apparently it's quite a big trend now, and it's a um, rusty tool restorations. So, yeah, I see a lot of nods. Okay, I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they take these, they dig through dumps and they find these rusty vices and they go, all right, what are we going to do? And they, they uh, I think it's called, uh, someone's going to correct me on this, electrolysis, I think, is they put it in water with salt and they put wires in it and it kind of leave it for a day and it de-rusts. And I wondered why um, that's so satisfying to watch. But you think about this work, Pathways privilege to do. It is restoration. It is transformation of, um, as one of the songs said earlier, you take the old and you make it new. Um, and so that's the privilege I'm afforded. Um, Jane's volunteered for. Um, and if it does sound like you and you want to see if there's a place for you in that journey for these guys, um, definitely come have a chat with us and we can let you know what the opportunities are. But again, thank you for all you do. And... Um, yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Cheers.